I see companies paying for marketers and I will ask them what they do and they will tell me something. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like you get paid every day, you go every day to work and you do these things. You have all the time, like you have eight hours per day, you could hypothetically make videos and you, you make zero. Right. Like I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's that comfortability that people would rather do the same thing that people have been doing and that don't kind of cause any you know, any wobble in the brand, but to put yourself out there and have videos that maybe flop, maybe people are like, Hey, did you see them trying to do that video? They thought it was so cool. Like that's what you have to face to be different, to be an industry leader. Welcome to the authentic content podcast. Today we have Jade Ventoniemi here. Uh, she is an American living in Finland and she has been in the content game for a while now. She does both B2B and B2C content. And we're going to talk about her method and what she does today. I think it's going to be really exciting. Welcome to the show, Jade. Thanks so much for having me. Lovely to be here. All right, cool. So give us a little bit. You're a content marketing guru supreme, as we talked about before. And I want to hear your, um, what like, why should people listen to you? What's your, uh, what's your claim to fame? Yeah, well, I have been in content marketing now for nearly four years, and maybe that doesn't seem like a lot of time to maybe the veterans, but um, I jumped into marketing and that was my first role in content marketing. So from the beginning, I've been researching, implementing, repivoting, strategizing, all that stuff specifically in content marketing. And now I've worked um, in B2B and software and manufacturing and also B2C with travel and also um, course creators. And I also had my own small business. So I've really been in the trenches trying to use content to market for all, loads of different types of businesses. And I've seen the results. <laughs> I've yeah. grown channels across LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and yeah. Yeah, there we go. So I, what I wanted to talk with you, because I, uh, one of my interns that I had, she found you at some point. And we're like, oh, look at that. And then we saw, we, I think she found your personal stuff. You're doing like a lot of stuff, experience living in Finland, culture shock, stuff, or like cool nuggets of things about Finland. You do it in a funny way. And uh, she found that. And then through that, we also found that you at the time were working uh, for a B2B company of things like ch chargers, electricity, something yeah, EV chargers, electric vehicle chargers. Yeah. I'm a, I am a currently a lowly a diesel user, so I <laughs> I I wanted to get one of those like uh, hybrid things, and they were like, yeah, they're like twice as expensive. I was like, oh, okay, I'll That's later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it costs a little bit to save the planet. <laughs> exactly. So I'll somebody else have to save it for me. Well, I don't drive a lot though. We we actually have two cars, but one is like on this. I don't know what it's called. Furlough. It's like not used, oh. <laughs> but I could. Put it back on. I don't know okay. the English word for it because uh, it's actually not used that much. But yes, uh, tell me. So I'm curious both about like successes. I want to like go analyze some of your successes that you've had and also look at like the method behind creating it because that's what we are all interested in. How did you make it happen as well? So do you, do you have any case you want to start with? Like this is a really good one to, to showcase. Yeah, I think um, in both of my roles, all of my roles, content plays a big part of it. And I think most recently in my last role as a content marketer in a B2B manufacturing industrial um, product, it was maybe not, you don't think that social media, you don't think that creative content would have an impact. And whenever you hear B2B, 
you're also kind of thinking it's stuffy, formal, professional. But mm -hmm. what we found was that by creating content in different forms, sometimes it is short video, sometimes it is a long video, sometimes it is snippets from a blog post, sometimes it's sharing our own news when we got an award or made a new press release. Um, that activates our community one to cheer us on and be excited also when they see these things coming out, mm -hmm. but also it created advocates outside of our company where we were popping up in conversations and people were tagging us like when uh, maybe a competitor or someone was complaining about a competitor's product, they would come in and be like, well, Kim Powers doesn't do that. They're so much better. And the reason they were confident and comfortable advocating for us is because we have the content back on our page to back it up. If we weren't active on LinkedIn, for example, no one's going to tag us because it's an empty page. Oh, I mean, like, so let's say there's an argument or something. They could actually mm -hmm. tag and say, like, look at this, like, or, and then you can get yourself, can activate yourself in that conversation. You might not know it happened, but now you're like, okay, you know, you could even jump in, pile on. Yeah. 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 And I think there's just so many different facets to that because one, great for social listening. You see what your, so at B2B, you have a target customer who's also a business, but then that business has a target customer. And I think sometimes people forget in B2B that you should also maybe talk to that end customer, mm. figure out what makes them tick, what makes them excited, because that will make this uh, middle business excited. Mm. So that was the nice thing that um, I was seeing at the last, in my last role with content, because it advocated, it, it ignited the end customers to talk about our product and also insert our names ourselves. So if, Another business is saying, hey, let's say you're in a, a McDonald's who doesn't have EV chargers yet, for example, but you mm -hmm. see everyone talking about this Kim Power in the comments. Okay, let me go see what they're about. The first place I'm going to click is the name they tagged on LinkedIn. Good thing we have content there to explain the value of our product, mm -hmm. examples of our product, the solution that we, uh, the, to the problem we solve. So it's an ecosystem. And if you don't do content, if you don't focus on content, you don't have any credibility. You don't have anywhere on a serving. Yeah, I guess what happens, like this is a move that's been happening slowly, but I, I guess it's getting to a, a really like, critical point now that before social media or when it, before it was as big as it's now, I would maybe hear about this and I would search it on Google. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't have a website, you weren't real. I'm like, right. I can't find you, so you don't exist. But now we moved away. Sometimes you might Google, but most of us will just do this. Whatever social media we're currently in is the environment we will ask this question, where is this happening? And then if you have to be there, otherwise I can't, I can't yeah, find you. Exactly. And I think that's a part of the customer journey in B2B and B2C. When you, if you go to someone's website, you might scroll down and see if they have a social media platform to check out. That's mm -hmm. kind of the second step, like second two-step authentication. Like, okay, are they legit? I see this website, but now let's see what they post on social media. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, it's really hard. Like in social media, you can, you can keep it active really easily. But if mm -hmm. you, in a website, everything, every time I try to do it, I have my own, it, it creates friction. Like I want to upload something. If it's not a, like a blog post or something, it doesn't feel fresh. 
And if I try to ship but if on social media, automatically that's a part of the game. It just keeps coming right. whatever you got going on there. Yeah, you're right. And, and I guess we're we're forgetting sometimes we're talking about this, like we're forgetting the customer's behavior. Like we, this is mm-hmm. we are all doing this. It's not just right. us in the industry. We're all being, and and if we're not, we should adjust to the preferences of the customer, I guess. But hmm. so the, did you have any how do you know the stuff you did in Camp Power was even like that's the case we talked about now? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you know that it actually like was I mean, beneficial, so to say, mm-hmm. without just feeling it was good. Was yeah. there anything that you could measure? Yeah. So for example, on LinkedIn, natively, there's great analytics. And um, we were number one in engagement against our competitors. That's established competitors. And for example, Kimpower is only maybe around five to six years old, somewhere oh, in there. Oh, it's quite new. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be a little bit older, but definitely under 10, but around five to six. And so those are com- were competing on LinkedIn for, you know, social space against competitors who are established globally. We're competing against other new risers who are hot also. And yeah, so we are number one in engagement and number one in followers, like in the past year. Um, And I think that shows also that our share of voice is high and expanding. And then also people get news from social media. So for example, someone wants to pick up a story about our company. They most likely heard about our company on social media. Yeah. Maybe you heard it from word of mouth, but it's- oh, But they have to be in the industry or something then to do and not and to, The journalist might not be like that. Right. Now, yeah. And I see actually, if there's a demand, we can think like this as well. There's a demand for this type of stuff. Somebody wants to buy it every now and then. And if you have a certain share of the- like yeah, media volume or something. I don't know what to call it. Mm-hmm. Share of the share of voice. Yeah, share of voice. If your share of voice is higher, the likelihood of some of the demand will end up with you increases. And right. if the if the stuff that you're doing makes you like I like to talk, talk about being known, like and trusted. If you feature the people working there and and explain mm-hmm. how you guys are good and uh, how you can help people and you help them right. with preferably free. I don't know if you did that with Kempar, but like free, free advice. That's my favorite. That's what we're doing here, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then uh, you, that would, the share of voice is like amplify. It it, it doesn't necessarily amplify the share of voice, but it amplifies the effect of it, that people see it and they really like you guys. So even if there's a competitor, I'd be like, I'd love to buy Kempar because I know those guys have seen them. Right. I want to work with them, yeah. Yeah. And you keep showing up and you keep diversifying the content and you kind of don't want to become a one trick pony. And it's funny because I also started to see, and I think this is like, you know, sometimes a goal of a content marketer is seeing other competitors kind of copying your style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like you really are setting the trends. And um, that's something that I think people say they want to do businesses, but they're not really willing to try something new to do it. They're not willing to like, diverge a little bit from the pretty perfect brand to try something new that might cause you to be the industry leader like on yeah. social media but um yeah so that was also a uh, good things to see and our customers and prospects so when i talk to our sales people or when i'm at events the content is the first thing they bring up because that is kind of the gate to knowing Kim power to knowing any company because yeah. no one's typing in your website they don't know your name if they are going to google for a problem they want their problem solved. They're not looking to necessarily buy unless it's bottom of the funnel content, a bottom of the funnel search. So the gate to your business and your company for someone who doesn't know about it is social media. So if you don't have any welcome signs on the gate saying what it is and like a nice warm reception area, 
no one will know what you are and what you do. So again, at events, um, sales feedback, they say, hey, people are talking about your content. Hey, we love your content. You guys do so good on social media. And I was just recently thinking about like, yes, people can just say that um, just because it's a nice, friendly thing to say. But I was also thinking whenever I think about someone who has nice social media, B2C wise, it's because I've bought their products and I like it and I would buy it again and I tell other people about it. Mm. So that's the same for B2B. We kind of let in B2B, we let the customer journey and customer buying patterns out the window. We don't think that they operate the same. But they do. And when you generate yeah. warm, warm interactions, connections with content, it's a little bit easier to stay top of mind. No, I mean, I'm with you. And I think that in selling you at the event, like, yeah, maybe they don't necessarily have to say you, even if they like your content, doesn't mean they necessarily like it, but they for sure saw it. Right. And they were nice enough to comment like go up and talk about it with you guys but like we're adding up hours i like to talk about this 7-eleven rule but you have seven hours with somebody is i had an event in helsinki the other day and when i was there it was this round table and it was with the guys for two hours and after i went to a bar and i think i stayed there for another four hours or something so now the guys there that was with me i'm like i let there i'm not saying they're the deep friends but now i I know them i I, i'm acquainted like we're Mm -hmm. properly acquainted now and that takes seven hours and it can be done online we're using content as well and they they just maybe had racked up and then this day at 7 11 the 11 is 11 interactions so they might have racked up 11 like you know seven interactions before coming to you guys and at your booth they add another eight you are way ahead your competitors because they didn't like i'm now saying interacting doesn't mean looking out uh an ad that's not the same. Like this mm-hmm. talking, listening to somebody talk, seeing their voice, seeing their hear, seeing their face, hearing their voice, like that type of stuff. That feels like a social interaction. Mm-hmm. So I think you 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 way ahead mm-hmm. with against your competitors. If 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 I don't know what your competitors were doing, but that thing, you start to create a relationship before the actual thing uh, when you before you meet them. But it's kind of cool. So you actually heard at the conferences or at the trade shows that they have seen your stuff. Yeah, and it's um a resounding like thread from uh customer conversations too so that's great to hear and uh yeah i was just thinking about something else while you're talking about the hour thing but maybe it'll come back how many hours yeah well i i'm curious about the method i want to move you have other cases too you have your own stuff which you can talk Mm -hmm. about and then you have some other cases you're working on but the camp power case is there anything you want to talk about the the or let's say like this uh optimal production method it doesn't have to be camp power what is your method in creating content you can do a couple of examples because you have your Mm -hmm. own it might be different from what you do for your clients yeah Yeah. and i so with content creation i think it comes down and you'd be surprised how many people don't stop to think about this part is the why and the who okay and um so that's the thing also with me being younger in my content marketing career marketing career is that I don't just want to make content so we can check off. We have a guide. Yeah. I don't want to check off. We have a newsletter. I don't want to check off that we have five social media platforms. I want to know why, why do you want to make this type of content and who are we making it for? So that kind of starts the process. And um, right now this age we're living in and it depends a little, well, actually I don't think it depends on the industry, but video is the number one type of content people should create. There's no why, reason. Why do you say that? Why is video so good? So across every single platform, the main platforms, and also LinkedIn, videos have a wider reach 
algorithms love them. So besides the technical part that algorithms do push videos more, mm. you'll see more reach with it. Um, just human nature. I want to make it as easy to consume something as possible. So if you're making me read something and I'm on social media, I'm scrolling past it because I'm not on there to read dictionaries. I'm not there to read glossaries. I came to Instagram. I came to LinkedIn even sometimes just for some quick inspiration, some quick positivity, something. So if you do a video, you're one step ahead because the, the viewer doesn't have to work for it. If you write something only, if you only use still pictures, if you only use product photography, if you only do carousels, then you're making the viewer work <laughs> to read the content and you're leaving it up to, for interpretation too. So videos are the direct way to show and tell your audience what you're about, how you help them and what makes you different. I have this theory here maybe that the most, the best, the most uh, appreciative form of art is well-written things. The second one is like really good photography or still images. And then last where it comes videos. Uh, it's almost like it's in, it's in order of preference. It's, we really like to see some videos mm-hmm. and we don't really like to read. So somehow that's it. It's like ballet or opera oh, or, opera or something. We're like, yeah, the things that people don't really, you know, they're, they're, they're not the, we call it colloquial or like this, the peasants like it. And then you okay. have the high society <laughs> and we, we kind of translate that into what we should do. Right. But it's almost, that's what I'm feeling because video is so intuitive because we humans are designed for it. It's, we don't, we can't even distinguish if it's a video or not. Like in how we, you know, I can cry watching a movie. Like right. it's not even right. real. It's freaking actors. It could mm-hmm. even be, re- it, you know, paint. It can be like anime or something. It's not mm-hmm. even real at all. Mm-hmm. And I can still like uh, connect with me, but reading and mm-hmm. getting asked, it, of course it can happen, but that's work. Like yeah, I have books that I'm not reading. I can tell you, mm-hmm. I, I have, I listen to books that's, to see that's also easier. So that's yeah. not as cool right. as doing it because it's, it's not as fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a place for all of it. I think there's a place, all of it in your content marketing briefcase. Mm-hmm. But if you are trying to reach more audiences, if you are trying to have people consume your content, yeah. then video is the way to go. It should be in there. There is a time and a place for a carousel. There is a time and a place for a couple of chunky paragraphs, but <laughs> well, so for, for now, until further notice, video is the way to go. It's, it's pro- uh, yes. better. I have yeah. a, a small note. I want to go more with you on that, but a note I noticed you can make the same video if it's like within one minute on YouTube shorts, TikTok, Instagram reels, Facebook reels, and you can actually upload to LinkedIn if it's if it's yep. like not stupid. You oh you could do that too, but like you can. Yep. And suddenly, so one piece without any work with it can easily be redistributed. But if you write something, it doesn't go to almost any of the platforms. If it's a picture, it only goes to the other half. But video right. happily distributed on all of them. Exactly, and you, yeah, like you said, less work to get them on the most platforms. And you're learning as you go too. So a lot of people will say, focus on one platform. Yeah, and, I heard that too, yeah. And sure, do that. But I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. I would recommend doing videos and putting them everywhere because they perform differently. Different audiences everywhere. So for example, um, again, I'll re- reference my past job. We had different types of audiences on different platforms. I still posted the same content everywhere. Sometimes I'd give a little bit more love to Twitter for quick 
things, yeah. daily things, a little more love to Instagram stories. Oh yeah, you did Twitter. That's we, yeah, I realize we can upload there too, but that's something we don't do yet online because yeah. like Twitter is so small, it exists, but it's like, it's not a big thing and mm -hmm. it never has been. But okay, yeah, sorry, I interrupted you, but no, I should, okay. I'm writing notes to myself to upload on <laughs> Twitter. Remember yeah. for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, different types of audiences are revealed there. So for example, Twitter is very much EV driver. So end user, we see their feedback there. They want to share their pictures at the chargers. That's EV driver. Love there. On LinkedIn, we're actually talking with and seeing advocates through our partners. So people who have partnered with us, our customers are talking about ours, um, about our product. And they're engaging with our content without having to ask. They're sharing, they're engaging, they're making their own content about it. So LinkedIn, of course, feels a little bit more B2B with talking to our customers. On Twitter, we can talk to the end users. Instagram is a little, it just depends. I still post there. It was never a big part of my strategy personally for uh, my last company. Um, and then YouTube. YouTube is just underrated for, I think, um, of course it depends, but for a lot of businesses. And um, I learned that some of our biggest customers discovered us through an influencer's YouTube channel. So mm. uh, I could go on about YouTube tactics and a little bit of SEO on YouTube and kind of what to upload because we did long form and short form there and um, have had some shorts blow up relatively for B2B <laughs> yeah. and then also have some uh, solid views on long term, long form. And I think um, there's differences on why they worked and um, different inspiration on how I created that. But anyways, to... Yeah, yeah, we're platform. talking about method. Audience. Method. So you with videos prefer like it sounds like 80, 90% video effort. It makes yes. sense. Why not go all platforms? There I don't think there's a I don't think there's a good reason not to do it. Right. I, they have arguments, but I'm like, it's just it's just the same video. Like it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. and you reach another yeah. audience. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the dog doesn't like video though. It's anti-video. Only text posts for dog. Really? Sorry, I'm going to put her out the room because my husband just came home. Oh, yeah, let's do that. We'll have a quick, I'll pause it for a quick. All right, we're back. The dog uh, has now criticized our video talk. Uh, but so how, what is the, but what's the method? You're doing posts privately and for others. Like, What is the ideal method to create videos? Give me some examples of yes. your process here. So once you have the why, who, and you know you're doing video, then of course, platform first. Which platform do you want to really get engagement with first? And that also informs the strategy. So for example, Last company, LinkedIn was first, like that was our main one. And for me now, um, on my personal channels, it's pivoted. Mm -hmm. So I originally um, started posting to TikTok. And one time, uh, then I was like, huh, might as well post these to Instagram mm -hmm. on my personal brand. So again, um, my channel now on Instagram has 31,000 followers. TikTok has 27,000 followers. Like you mentioned earlier, I create content about uh, an active life in Finland as an American and uh, touch on a lot of different topics. But for my personal brand, um, now I create with Instagram in mind first, distributed to the other ones. I used to create for TikTok first, distributed to the other ones. And so that changes the strategy a little bit. But now current strategy is focusing on Instagram first. And that means um, really telling who I am in every video, even though it seems really repetitive, For that's what helps the reach. Um, my videos reach 
on average around 130,000 people uh, accounts and um, over a million in the past month and always establishing who I am works in every single video. Um, sometimes with TikTok, if I was creating for TikTok first, I would make it faster. Mm. I maybe wouldn't tell a whole story. I would just kind of get to the punch first. But now that I'm focusing on Instagram, so that's what starts. I think about the why. I know I want to pre on Instagram. I want to grow on Instagram. Who? I In my brain, I'm thinking it's for other international people in Finland. But I know Finnish people love it. I know international people in other countries love it. But I don't create a video for a Finnish person because if I did, that would change my whole strategy. Mm. And if I started to make a video for a Finnish person, they might not even like it. (laughs) But I stay laser focused on my target audience and it might switch video to video. But I laser focused on my target audience. I my recurring theme is um, saying who I am basically in different ways with different hooks. And then I get to the topic. but production wise, low, low quality production. I just made a post about this on LinkedIn with my phone. I have a tripod. I can get someone else to take a video of me. And um, I think about the story ahead of time. So if I'm making a video about, let's say, Moomin brand, um, I know I want to show four to five different products. I know I want to show B-roll of me walking. I always want to use my voice whenever possible. But yeah, but um, I have content pillars. I go by myself. So a part of my strategy are my content pillars. I know my target audience. And I also know the platform that I'm targeting. Mm-hmm. And then we just, I, we distribute, I distribute it to other channels and you see how it works there, but I'm not too bogged down if it doesn't work on some platform because Instagram right now is my main one. And uh, yeah, and I think something that I do that I also did with B2B and also will recommend my clients do is you have your content pillars, you have your topics you want to be known as the authority on. And some of those your audience will love and eat up every single time. Like some of my content that are the weird culture shocks, people love them. Mm-hmm. They eat it up every time. Very predictable, predictable virality. But um, I know there's some things I want to talk about and want to get, want to be known for, like some of my sport content. People don't eat that up, but I do my best to twist it in a way that it will reach a wide audience. So I think with content pillars, people should really have them in mind and understand that when you know your content pillars and you know your audience, you can kind of predict. I know how my content will perform before I post it. And um, if there is something that performed a little bit lower, I can usually attribute it to maybe a hook or maybe it was slow in the middle or maybe I didn't ask them a question at the end. Yeah. And your customers don't really care about the sports or something like you could. Yeah. But I was thinking about the production quality. That's something that kind of comes up. I I wondered about the difference between Kempower or or the other customers and yourself, because I've been seeing like I don't I'm wondering if if production quality matters almost at all i'm I'm wondering yeah i think something interesting is of course there's a minimum threshold you have to be seen you have to be no one's gonna watch a blurry video so with that out of the picture i think it depends the platform again tiktok instagram youtube uh, low production is fine and i think when we start to think about high quality productions when people want to buy those 
really fancy, high quality studio level video shoots, brand commercials, mm -hmm. basically those commercial looking videos. Um, they, they're not really thinking about where they're putting it, because if you're thinking you're going to put that on social media, that is completely the wrong place because people can smell an ad from right away. Yeah. They can smell commercials from right away. They don't want to see that. But um, again, I think in a great example, and I love the work that those high quality agencies do, and I think there's a place for it. But something that I was noticing at um, in my last role is that our in-house production done by me and a couple of my colleagues does well because we have the message and the story down really well. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that people in our industry and the audience and the fans of um, our product, they watch these influencer videos. They yeah. watch them for like an hour long yeah, and leave exactly. tons of comments. Production and cost for you is might be zero because your influencers just talk. It might be just them just talking and showing like pictures. Right. Right. And people love that. I was thinking about cars as you were talking. I was thinking about cars. And I've been watching, if I want to buy a new car, I don't know how many I've spent. I don't even want to count how many hours I spend watching other people drive that car. Right. And talking about the car. Yeah. And this, I didn't watch the actual brand videos because I don't mm -hmm. trust them. They're not going to give me the honest opinion. Of course they're right. not. So like they're almost, I don't say they're useless. Like, but mm -hmm. like, why would I, I, I doesn't, you're not getting, like, I'm not, you're not selling me. I, I don't, yeah. I don't trust you. Right. I don't trust you. You're, you're so biased. I yeah, and when it's, when it's so shiny and so polished and spot free, it's like, huh, okay. Well, I know I'm not actually getting that. So what else are you kind of lying about? Yeah. And um, I think that's something that B2B content marketers, B2B marketers can learn is from influencers and from small businesses, because the small businesses are usually the ones who you know, go out and just make content themselves because they don't have the big budgets for um, yeah. high quality, high production level uh, videos. And then the influencers, they're talking to the masses. And like I said, even in our industry, B2B, we have influencers who talk to the end customer. And I feel like I learned so much from them and started to copy what they do. Mm -hmm. And it also showed results as far as engagement and people being excited about it. And also people just learning about how our features work. Well, Jade, I'm curious, but if we go back to the method, if we think about uh, what is a good way, if you organize it, you have, who is, who, who is this for? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so like, that's very important. And and then you're going to, you think making it with just phone cameras, good if you can see you. And maybe I like using an extra microphone in this case, I have this or I have that. The, uh, I use the road ones. I don't know how good they are, but I'm using them as a wireless micro. So I just get the good sound quality and mm -hmm. they can see me back, back mm -hmm. camera on the phone is really good. I have, yeah. it, I'm pointing it to the hair next to me. What else is there to making, to planning the shoot and like that? Yeah. Is, yeah. What's your method there? Yeah. I think the story and the storyline, you have to have it before you start recording, because if you just think I'm going to make a video about a charger. <laughs> okay. Again, why? What do you want to show? What do you want someone to walk away with after? Oh, I need to plug in my laptop. Um, and Freudian slip. She's like charger. And like, oh my God, I have to charge my... Yeah, speaking of chargers, <laughs> yes, exactly. laptop charger. Yeah. So the story, you want to know the story as far as where are you going with this type of content? What do you want the viewer to feel afterwards? Is it, wow, that was good information. I didn't know. Or, huh, I didn't realize that I had that problem. Or, oh. That's kind of cool, you know, like just something, or I hate that. What's the feeling you want them to get after? And then of course there's the editing and um, 
that also depends on the platform. And I think the thing with video is also the same with writing sometimes is that how can I say this in the clearest way and shortest way possible? You don't have to tell uh, once upon a time there was a story, then there was this and there's that. And you might think it sounds good because as marketers, as the company, we think people want to hear these fancy things about us and we want to seem so professional. But the goal of your video should be to say what you want to say in the clearest way, in the least amount of words as possible. Because again, if you're posting to social media, that's the only way you can swim above water because anything else isn't getting a second look. So the editing, um, of course, whatever you feel comfortable with, there's free softwares, there's paid softwares that I think are a good investment. And then of course you can hire people to do it for you. But um, the biggest thing is getting started and being willing to um, crank out quantity because you'll yeah. never know if something works. If you're only doing one post a week. How long and- Jade until you'd realize like, Oh, like my, uh, either brand, but how many yeah. video, how many pieces did you in a teal realize? Oh, this is what they like. This is yeah. how this is work. How long? How many? Mm-hmm. And I have to say that, for example, um, from my first job working in software marketing, my boss, we started TikTok, and um, I was only doing like a couple videos a week, and I was sharing with him the results, and he's like, "Well, don't you think it would make sense if you did more, and like then you could see faster how it's working?" So I do have to attribute it to him that you know that was put in my brain at an early start. But um, now, for example, I mean, so I have a, I am recently just started a TikTok for a brand. They're not on TikTok at all, quite established on Instagram, other uh, channels. And um, we're going for like a big push. What can we do in 30 days? And for example, some days I post twice a day on TikTok. Some days I post once. Sometimes I'm trying different um, different times. And for example, it took, we have one, well, we have a couple of videos that have over 10,000 views and one, the first one that kind of hit off was maybe the ninth or 10th video. Yeah, you see. But, yeah. But I figured and that, that would out. have been 10 weeks for somebody else. Exactly. I figured that out the, the first e- week. You know, and the effort, yeah, oh, do you see? And the, in the effort you might, you know, emotionally or like put time, you're like, okay, we're going to make 10 videos like this. Right. And, and it's almost like you're saying like, okay, how fast, how fast can we make these videos? Like I, if we do three a day, that's great. Okay. Two, it's acceptable, but we're like one is bad. Like, yeah. and then what, and then you can't have the production. It doesn't, nobody, it doesn't matter in this. We're moving. I think we're moving into a world that, yeah, there's, we are talking about the lowest threshold for production quality, not the top. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It's just what can, what's it acceptable and that will, people will eat that. They will be like, yeah, right. that's great. I want to see it. Okay, so at least in 10, I think the other case, I had one case I was working with, they had, I don't remember if it was 30 or 50, but at, mm. and it's, and then it hit like a seven, I think it's on an 8 million now. But right. and it would, we did, we did TikTok yes. first. It was okay, you know, had some 10,001 here or something like this. And then said like, let's do YouTube shorts. And they were careful, like, we don't want to do YouTube shorts maybe mm-hmm. because like they felt somehow that it wasn't, I don't know what they, like it, it felt too nice. Like that we don't, we, we feel comfortable doing TikTok, whatever, but on YouTube shorts, we didn't feel like it. We wanted to be more respectable or something. I was like, no, just, yeah. yeah. And I said, just do it. Just do it. They did the same ones. Bam. That's when they got, exactly. so on YouTube shorts, that's when they got the 8 million one, not on TikTok. And we yeah. did, and they said, we didn't never, and it wasn't, and it wasn't even the best video. Exactly. It was like, this video would have, I'd be like, it's too slow. It didn't start the right way. And it's like, oh no, apparently, okay. 
<laughs> you never know until you get it out there. But if you sit on it for so long thinking, okay, how can I make it better? Who can I bring in on this project? Wait, let's have a meeting. Oh okay. God. Well, you just let yeah. three weeks go by and people <laughs> trends have passed. Yeah. And you could you have had 90 a, pieces of content you could have done in those three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's yeah. not always, um, manageable for every company and every um, platform, but it depends on what you want. So again, if you I want to it, reach people and if you want yeah. to grow quantity and videos. Yeah. I think I think it's an attitude thing. Like I'm going to go out on a limb here, but like I'm, I'm, I'm talking with marketers all the time, but I'm like, this is either the marketers themselves or the management, but like you guys got to figure out that do you want to do what you, do you want to do what like what works or do you want to do what just, this is what we're doing? Comfortable. The, yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. just, I, I see people paying for mark. Like I, I'm, this is a personal problem I have. I see companies paying for marketers and I will ask them what they do and they will tell me something. I'm like, this doesn't this make any sense. Like you get paid every day. You go every day to work and you do these things. You have all the time, like you could do, you have eight hours per day. You could hypothetically make videos and you, you make zero. Right. Like even, not even a week. Like I, I can't, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's, that comfortability that people would rather do the same thing that people have been doing and that don't kind of cause any, you know, any wobble in the brand, don't cause anything that could look like a failure. Because if you fail doing what everyone else is doing, okay, they're yeah. not doing well either. If yeah. I post a picture of five- Five <laughs> dudes in front of a charger. Right. Okay. Well, that wasn't supposed to be anything spectacular. So if it fails, it's okay. Yeah. But to put yourself out there and have videos that maybe flop, but and maybe people are like, hey, did you see them trying to do that video? They thought it was so cool. Like, that's what you have to face to be different, to be an industry leader. And my again, first, my first TikTok comment was, was uh, they were just hating. First one was saying, like, it looks like you're in a podcast. And I was like, yeah, it's technically this was a cut from a okay <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's, i don't know someone was hating me had like a picture of a kiwi saying like i don't think he said he said something like not 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 something violent but it was something also like it's like you're stupid or something that yeah and i'm like come on if you're gonna interact can't you be nice yeah and that's the thing that's what we expose ourselves to and that's what the company exposes themselves to as well and um because not everyone's gonna like your posts and that's the the way social media is too and but anyway, um, method, method. We stay on the method. You yeah. are, you know who you're doing it for. You know why, what type of, even you clarify, you want, you have maybe an emotion they should bring with them. Yeah. But then you write down, how, so how, what's your script look like? How how com complicated are, you, are your scripts? So usually I have the idea of the story. I shoot my B-roll. I shoot maybe a talking clip at the beginning. And then... Well, you, don't, have... do you, you don't write stuff down. You, you just shoot. You have Correct. a story. You think, do you think the story or write it down? Right. So I think the story and maybe I write down the opening line because sometimes different style of video, sometimes I'm talking to the camera and then I show B-roll. Sometimes it's all B-roll and voiceover. So if I do talk to the camera, I think about what that sentence is. So, but then I get my B-roll for the story I have in my head. Because it doesn't have to really, that's the thing is we don't have to complicate B-roll, the environment scenes. You can tell whatever story with your voice after. So after I have all those clips, I then write a script for my voiceover. All Jade, my I love this. I love this. This is almost like opposite way that I'm doing it. So you're oh. almost thinking, yeah, because yeah, you're doing like, you, you have done a B-roll focus. You're thinking a story, mm -hmm. uh, you make it kind of a B-roll and then inspired by the B-roll itself, you're like, oh, 
Now mm -hmm. I can say, how should I say something that's exactly this B-roll? Yeah, so I edit my video clips. Then when it's all done and I have most of my videos are 17 seconds, just naturally for some reason. Um, and then I put the voiceover. Uh, then I write, write my script for my voiceover. Then I read so, it. So you read it. So you write it. So you get a clear reading of the voiceover. Yeah. And sometimes I just do it because I think that's also been like my thing I hold on to. And now I'm realizing is it like a superpowers perfectionism isn't my thing. I've never really cared for things to be perfect. So I'd rather hit record, say what's coming up. And then if it's good, I use it. If it's not, then I'm like, huh, I should write that down and see what to make it sound better. So sometimes I go off the rip and just hit record and say what I think. And then sometimes I'll write because it's like a chunky long. Yeah. And maybe I'll try to like some, some people think like how many retakes you do. That's it could, for me, it could be five, but it's 17 seconds. Right. So it's like, it's not like the reshoots are like, I'm saying like, oh, this is a really good bottle. I love it. It's like, nah, that didn't sound, that was three seconds. I'm like, I didn't sound yeah. good and re-record again. So even though we might sound like, oh, it's so repetitive or we're trying to fix it. Yeah. It's minutes mm. talking about. And the same with um, B2B content for um, past role, maybe not always voiceover because I, I've always been ready to get in front of the camera. I've never been shy to like, okay, hey, we want to make content about this. I don't have an EV, but I'll make the content and talk about it. And um, for B2B, if you don't have someone who wants to talk on the camera or do the voiceover, text on screen is okay. So again, I say, do a video. Don't let the fact that no one wants to volunteer to be in it stop you. <laughs> Figure out a way to tell the story, get your message across with text on the screen. So I the think, same with that. And I gotta say, if, if nobody, no, nobody, nobody, nobody wants to be on camera, like you have a problem, but if nobody wants to be on camera, but well, then you, Mr. or Mrs., you'll be in front of the camera, have the other person hold it, mm -hmm. okay? And you don't have to talk, it could be the other person talking, you know, but yeah. just, yeah, I think that all these cases, I was talking with the CEO in one case, like I think I said, like, you know, I he doesn't want to be on camera. He's been before, but and he said, yeah, we want to have the expert on camera. I was like, I get it. Uh, but but maybe you should be on camera just, just to show the other people that you're on camera, like just to right. the morale. The yeah, exactly. And that's the yeah. thing um, I think worked well in both of my past roles in B2B is that if you can be the person, so let's say you're the marketer with the idea to be video, no one wants to volunteer. You show up and do it. Then people are more comfortable like, oh, Yade did it. I can mm. do it. Or Yade will tell me how to do it. <laughs> is that how you it. say your name, by the way? I'm sorry. Is that your Finnish name or is that your actual Yeah, Finnish name. When we're, when I'm in Finland, I say Yade. That's kind of cool, actually. You can almost have two personalities. Kind of like for my name, yeah. it sounds the same everywhere, so I can't do that. I did change my last name, though, when I got married because my, my last mm -hmm. name before was Kevin. Like It was pronounced Chevin, but nobody could oh. say it, so it was Kevin. It's spelled Kevin. So people have started not knowing my actual first name. They'll call me Kevin all the time, and mm -hmm. it's kind of nice. you know. But then I was like, maybe if I have a chance to have a last name that sounds like a last name, I'm going to take that last name. Okay, now you got it. Yeah, yeah, so... I'm I'm with you on having to do a person, but yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I also I thought it was silly first. How long have you been in Finland now? Almost five years. Yes, yeah. So I'm I'm uh, I'm about year fifteen anyway. Uh, no. And I was because Yades Yades in Finnish is better than mine as well. So, but it, what I, what I realized at first I thought it was silly the way Finnish people pronounced their 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 names. I thought mm. it was silly because, but then I, I over time I I grew to realize like no that this is their this is their really strong expression of their culture. This is Finland. Yeah. And in Finland, we say names like right. that's was being part of this. And then I, I, when I could accept that, because I, I always saw it like, because I'm from Sweden, I saw it as a Swedish name uh, mispronounced. That's what I saw right. it as. But mm. now I'm like, no, 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 this is the way 
it's said. And yeah. by the way, if your name is Jan, that's another way of saying Jean, which might be another way of saying Jacob. Like, who knows? Like, so the yeah. old names always change. The... Long story about that. So uh, in Finland, I go with the Finnish pronunciation. If I introduce myself to an Italian, I might say Jade instead. But in Finland, I say Yade. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think it's really cool. But I'd like to be role focused. I change. I'm now. I'm getting curious myself, like because I've been always thinking, how do you guys make with so cool B rolls? Like, but mm -hmm. you start with it because I will do a recording, like a talking head recording, mm -hmm. and then I don't end up. I I I think, oh, what could be a B roll? And then we just usually do some some stock photos, either my own or somebody else's. But now mm -hmm. I'm like, no, if I flip it, I do. I think the story, do the B roll. And then I, I could add a talking head to it. No, I, no, it doesn't mean I just talk. Amazing. You're going to see, you're going to see new videos from me. Oh my God. I'm going to be famous Great. on Instagram too. Because Instagram is not working for me at all. It's, uh, it's, uh, if anybody listening to this, you, you, you know, you like. Okay. I'll have to my... check it out and maybe give you some tips because it's, uh, I, I, I do think, I mean, really it is the quantity thing for Instagram too. And I went really hard when I saw my first video kind of, um, do well that I posted from TikTok to Instagram. Mm -hmm. I really went hard in 30 days. I was like, you know what? Cause I have a, I have a friend and mentor also who's done it. So that always helps when you have someone who's done it and quite literally it worked. And um, yeah, so quantity there, but also storytelling and hooks and yeah. knowing the niche. Where I think we're getting to the end of this recording, kind of. So, uh, Yada, would you, you, we have a couple of more minutes, but what, is there something you want to just leave the audience with? Like, this is something I really want you guys to know that we haven't mm -hmm. really covered yet. Mm -mm -mm. Method wise, especially how to do stuff. That's my favorite right. topic. Yeah. I think what people should think about with content marketing and social media marketing is that. It's the opportunity to kind of uncover your brand, kind of give people a peek to like your soul and your website. Okay. That can be quite official stuffy. You got to write things how they are, blah, blah, blah. But when people go to click on your social media, they kind of just want the real, they want to know exactly what your product does. Like, okay, I want to see it work. They want to kind of know what other people think. And um, there's different ways to show that. And you have the freedom to do that on social media. Like that's the place you can try things, let them flop, pivot, let them try something new. But um, I think when you are considering that social media is your chance to show people the real you as a company, any company, B2B, B2C, travel, influencer, you want to be an influencer, that's where you can really show uh, yourself but you have to tell a story. It has to have a story because no one just wants to see you. No one wants to see you. Yeah. <laughs> they want to see the story. <laughs> so you have to focus on the story part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yada, Jade, thank you very much for coming on the Authentic Content uh, Podcast. It was appreciated. LinkedIn, Instagram, you, we can find you everywhere. Yes, you can find me everywhere with Yade Ventoniemi, Jade Ventoniemi, and on Instagram, Yaya Piste Chow, Yaya Dot Chow. Awesome. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me.